The pandemic has outsmarted world governments and medical experts for nearly two years. It's premature for anyone to expect they have all the answers and all the cures and all the solutions. Whether it's uh, vaccinate everybody or whether it's anything else, all the models that have been followed have proven to be less than perfect. So it's not appropriate to stop discovering, stop being innovative, stop being, uh, stop allowing new solutions, new ideas, censoring what doesn't fit, uh, calling it misinformation. It's just not a good idea. I think the right thing to do is let all the scientists with all the evidence debate, discuss, have nobody being muzzled, nobody being blocked and thrown out. Let science speak with many voices until we get more and more solutions. This doesn't mean we have to be all only pro-vaccine or only anti-vaccine. We can have multiple solutions. So Dr. Tess Laurie, my guest today, is a well-known expert internationally, a consultant with World Health Organization, but she disagrees with them. And she's outspoken and she'll tell us why she disagrees with them and in what ways major figures like Bill Gates and his foundation are actually doing a disservice. So here we go. Namaste. Uh, today I have Dr. Tess Laurie in England. Uh, she's a medical doctor, a researcher, a highly accomplished person. And I'm going to talk about the whole COVID crisis, a contrarian view. This is a view which is totally the opposite of what WHO is selling, what the big pharma is selling, uh, all these big vaccine manufacturers are selling. And she's not some cynic or somebody, uh, just a conspiracy theorist. She's highly qualified, highly published. Uh, and I will. I, I want to welcome you, uh, uh, Dr. Tess Laurie, to this show. Thank you, Mr. Malhatra. It's a great honor to be here. So uh, I want to uh, give the viewers a little bit of your background as you see, your, you present yourself, particularly relevant to this whole issue of COVID, uh, what is being done by the world community, the, the leaders in pharma and governments and WHO versus what your views are and, and on what evidence you base your views. So give us a little snapshot and then I'll unpack it by probing deeper. Uh, well, I'm a researcher. I have a company called the Evidence-Based Medicine Consultancy Limited, and we do work for nonprofit organizations so the World Health Organization is a client of ours, and we routinely prepare evidence for them to support their clinical recommendations. And with regard to COVID itself, I haven't been employed by the World Health Organization to do work. Um, I have been doing other work for them during this time. However, I became interested in, in um, COVID-related issues when I saw that ivermectin was a safe old medicine that might be useful in the treatment of COVID. I took it upon myself to, to study the evidence and prepare it the way I would usually do for the World Health Organization. Uh, and to my disappointment, the, the World Health Organization hasn't been interested in this evidence that I've prepared and instead they have um, prepared other evidence which although seems to come to the, present the same finding in that, yes, ivermectin does reduce the risk of death from COVID, they have drawn different conclusions and said that there's insufficient evidence and more evidence is needed. So tell us what is ivermectin? Uh, who invented it? How long it's been around? What was it invented for? 
and and on what basis you would say that it could also be used for covid and is it is it a prophylactic that will prevent covid or like a vaccine would or is it a, a a treatment after you have covid or is it a bit of both so tell us give us a little introduction on uh, on this uh, particular drug ivermectin was discovered by a, a scientist in japan uh, satoshi amura in the 70s and um and he um, discovered it on a golf course, and uh, it was it's discovered in the form of avermectin, uh, and it was in, in a bacteria in the soil. And uh, together with uh, uh, William Campbell from Merck, it, they developed it into ivermectin. So it's been around for 40, 50 years. And it was found to be incredibly powerful as an as a antiparasitic. So in the first instance, it was used to treat worms, particularly onchocerciasis, which is river blindness, which affects really poor people and, and uh, is not... Um, so ivermectin is not widely known in England, for example, but it's very widely known in other parts of the world where it's uh, very cheap, um, anti-worm medicine or and anti-scabies, and um, uh, it's um, more recently over the last um, ten years or so, it's just been this, it's it's been recognised as being unbelievably useful, a useful medication. It's used in skin conditions. Um, it's used against parasites. Um, and uh, and the discoverers won a Nobel Prize for it in 2015, so not that long ago, because it was recognised as a medicine that has immeasurable benefit to humanity. It's also used uh, as a veterinary medicine because obviously animals get worms and uh, too, and so it's used widely in um, in uh, livestock uh, production and so on. So basically, it's a 40-year-old medicine. For uh, for treating worms and parasites, both animals and humans, so, therefore it has a long history of being used. Is it safe, or have they found uh, have there been any uh, issues about uh, about risks that uh, any authorities have raised concerning this medicine, or is it quite widely accepted? So it's very wide. It's very safe. It's one of the safest medicines around ever. If you look at the pharmacovigilance databases, which are databases set up to report adverse re side effects of medicines. It has the fewest adverse events, you know, per year, per population, than, than most medicines, even aspirin, paracetamol, all of the regular medicines. It's unbelievably safe when you compare it to others. Of course, all medicines have side effects. So some people might have diarrhea or dizziness, or but the side effects generally are not serious. And this is recognized widely, especially in the World Health Organization literature, where, for example, um, when they talk about ivermectin for, for onchocerciasis or river blindness, they say it's a very safe medicine and can be used on a wide scale. For certain illnesses, uh, even the WHO has recommended it, uh, and it is inexpensive, it's good for poor people. Uh, so is it, is it where, which countries manufacture it uh, at low cost? Uh, where, where is the manufacturing of this medicine? Which are the pharma companies that make their money on this? Well, um, it's manufactured widely in India. I think many different com companies have the, the are able to produce it. And in actual fact, any country could apply for the license to make it, any company in the country, because it's generic. 
So there's no there's no pharmaceutical company that holds the patent on it. Merck originally held the patent and still supplies a very small amount worldwide, maybe five percent or so of the market. But um, but they have other uh, medicines that are competing in, in the COVID and COVID treatments. So it doesn't seem as if they're really interested in making ivermectin for COVID because it's, they don't make much money from it. Whereas the new treatments they're making like Molnupirva, you know, will retail it. They've already pre-sold billions of dollars worth to the states. So, so just to let people know, uh, this is where the, 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 the thing becomes interesting. Here is a medicine with an incredible safety record as per all the authorities, including the WHO itself, uh, which has been in use for 40 years for other, other kinds of uh, you know, paras parasite uh, illnesses, uh, infections, and so on. Uh, and and uh, it's cheap. Uh, poor countries make it. It's no longer on patent. Patents have expired. Merck had the patent, but it's expired. So uh, now, uh, now we're coming to an interesting part of the conversation where uh, I, I think uh, Dr. Larry's, Laurie is going to explain why the whole pharma industry, uh, Merck and others, uh, are not wanting to, uh, uh, you know, popularize ivermectin for COVID because they're not going to make any money since poor countries can just make it on their own for pennies. Uh, they'd rather push some alternative new things uh, which are under patent because they're new, therefore their the patent is still there, and they want to push those. So tell us about. Uh, so what are some of these new medicines? Like I know Remdesivir is one. Uh, in, in a TV show, they said that it's $2,000 per treatment uh, or something like that. Yes, that's, a, yeah. that's one hell of a lot compared to uh, pennies for, uh, you know, ivermectin. So tell me, what are some of these other alternate drugs that they're trying to push? And what are the costs and what are the pros and cons compared to ivermectin? Well, remdesivir is one of these new medicines um, and um, it's produced by Gilead. Uh, and it's um, something that, perhaps might be useful early on, but obviously no, you can't afford to treat people with a PCR positive test with a $2,000 medicine. So it's being used in the hospital setting. Um, and uh, it's, it's, uh, was passed, it was given emergency authorization originally. And often when you have, uh, um, I've noted when medicines are, evaluated by the pharmaceutical companies that make them, the early data are positive, but then the later data don't show any benefit. And that seems to be what's happening with remdesivir because the doctors using it say it doesn't work and, um, and uh, it's very expensive. So the WHO doesn't recommend remdesivir, but because it was given the emergency use authorization, it's already being used widely, like it's in the UK's treatment guidelines and the in the state's treatment guidelines. And, um, and so even though there's no good data on its efficacy or its safety, um, it's already widely in use. Um, whereas sure. something like ivermectin, which is unbelievably safe. So already the the on the databases, the remdesivir adverse reactions are more than the, just in the last year, are more than ivermectin in, in the last 40 years. And the number of deaths associated with remdesivir are more than, than associated with ivermectin. But, uh, but it's uh, approved and, well, it's been widely used and, uh, and, it's, um, and it's not very good. So, so 
so we here we have a medicine that works that's 40 years old doesn't have any harmful side effects ivermectin versus a whole lot of new things being created under patent so that people can make tons of money the pharma industry so now now i can see the pharma industry has a vested interest what about the fda what about the world health organization they're supposed to be neutral they're supposed to be they're supposed to be supporting patients uh, the common person and not the big pharma what about them why are they uh, not uh, uh, you know why are they not propagating ivermectin which is uh, ivermectin uh, should be the one that uh, uh, they should be doing it uh, they should be promoting why aren't they doing it what's in it for them uh, what's in it for the media that uh, they are not even allowing this kind of a debate as i understand it and i wish i knew the answers to all of these things because uh, you know then i then i it's because it's I don't have the answers. All I can do is is really look at the World Health Organization, look at these other organizations and, and try and ask myself, do they have conflicts of interest that would um, lead to a situation where they are clamping down or not recommending safe old medicines for a new dangerous condition? Um, even though we ha- they, we have no treatment, you know, uh, at the moment, uh, are they, what would be the reasons? And um, you know, what seems to to be the issue is this: the fact that they're all pushing mass vaccination with an experimental um, substance or injection. So um, it, it seems like they have this single track. And they are not really uh, interested in in um, pursuing early treatments and repurposing medicines. They seem to so, be really just uh, on you know trying to develop either new medicines or or push the the, the vaccines. So there's nothing. I mean, personally, I think there's nothing against doing both. I mean, you could you yes. could allow you could encourage uh, ivermectin. Because it oh, you need early treatment. Yeah, and you could also say let people keep inventing new medicines, and we keep testing them. I mean, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, whether it's vaccines, whether it's treatments, uh, let people let innovation continue. But if we can use an old medicine already, which is available cheap, then we should do that. Why? Why not do both? I mean, would you be in favor of both? Are you? Are you yes, dead against? Yes, I, I would absolutely. Um, but I think okay. perhaps the issue might be that. The new medicines are granted um, emergency use authorization. So if there are effective uh, safe medicines, then perhaps that emergency use authorization would fall away. And then um, and then the, you know, in some countries it might be that the vaccines are not allowed um, to be emergency, you know, given emergency use authorization. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, the, 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 the WHO has a program called the ACT Accelerator Program, which is uh, access to COVID uh, treatment um, accelerator. And in this, they're asking for $38 billion to support research into um, new therapies and vaccines. So there again, you know, I wonder, would that really be necessary to ask countries for that kind of investment if they had safe old treatments. So um, why is so WHO is raising money 
to be given to the pharma or who's going to do the research with 38 billion if they are able to raise that money? Well, uh, the, the partners include um, the Wellcome Trust and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, um, the World Bank and some others. Um, so it doesn't necessarily specify where that money will go. I haven't, I'm not aware of where the money will go. All I'm aware of is that they are raising this large sum of money for development of, um, of the vaccines and, and novel treatments. And on the program, it really does seem like repurposing medicines are, are completely uh, ignored. So what is the position of uh, uh, people like uh, the, the Gates Foundation and Bill Gates himself uh, concerning this uh, repurposing the old medicine that seems to work versus uh, spending billions of dollars uh, on new patents for new medicines? How do they play into this? Well, um, one has to one has to wonder if um, Bill Gates says that there'll be no end to lockdowns until everyone in the whole world is vaccinated. Um, it suggests that he has a particular position that wouldn't really be interested in um, effective old treatments. So I think that's a question to ask him, really, um, what um, his position is on ivermectin. But, you know, he's, he's so idolized by all the media. Uh, when he comes on in an interview, they sort of treat him like, you know, I mean, the whole thing is a, like a good PR thing for him. I like the man. I think he's an innovative person in technology. He's done a lot for uh, personal computing and things like that and uh, given away a lot of his wealth for a foundation to, for charitable purposes. I like all that. Uh, but I don't like his uh, meddling with science. He's not a medical scientist. Uh, it's one thing for him to, as a philanthropist to give money and put medical people in charge and let them come and defend whatever they want to defend and not take sides himself. I would have liked, I would have admired Bill Gates even more if he had said, listen, I'm going to bring in Dr. Tess Laurie and I'm going to bring in this other person from here who is a, who's an, got a different view. And I'm going to basically... Uh, you know, I, I, I have enough money, I'll support each of them to pursue whatever they are, whatever they want to do, and then then see which is the best one. I mean, he, he can afford, he could certainly afford field trials, he could afford trials, clinical trials for ivermectin. So why don't they, why don't they spend WHO or Gates or somebody, why don't they spend a small amount of money uh, doing field trials for ivermectin to find out once and for all whether it's good or not good, so it's not some kind of anecdotal uh, bias for or against. Why do you think they don't do that? I think he is putting money into trials. My concern is that the trials will not show a result in favor of ivermectin. Okay, why would that um, be? Well, Bill Gates makes a lot of money out of vaccines. So if vaccines aren't needed, which is all... all uh, if ivermectin is more effective than the vaccines, for example, and the vaccines aren't needed, then the then that would be that would would not do his his uh, business model any good. And um, so, what you're saying is his bias is stacked in favor of the new medicines. But yes, even though I think he has, he has a, a conflict of interest. Okay, so let's say he has this conflict of interest, but science is science. So how could he falsify? Uh, a, a clinical trial. I mean, do you think that clinical trial... I'm not trials, suggesting you know, he would falsify a clinical trial, but if it's very um, 
it's very easy to um, design trials in a way that they don't they don't have sufficient power to uh, find in favor of a medicine. Um, and um, there are many, many uh, ways in which trials can be designed and reported um, to uh, influence. Unfortunately, this is, this is the truth, you know, and um, science, is, science at the moment is, is in a bit of a bad place. It, it, it's being manipulated and um, the evidence certainly with respect to ivermectin is being manipulated. Uh, it's being, um, you know, literally um, there are, you know, people being employed to represent it in a, ivermectin in a bad light, to discredit doctors who are um, in, involved in trying to uh, improve access of people to ivermectin. And so in the so you're saying that people are being employed, people are being paid to badmouth this ivermectin, Iver, ivermectin because it's a threat to the pharma industry. Is this, uh, are such people being employed by the pharma industry, by Bill Gates, by WHO? Who's employing know. such people? The news networks are in collaboration and, and this is uh, through the Trusted News Initiative. They're in collaboration with um, Microsoft, Google, um, Facebook, and, and other tech giants. So there's so you know whether individuals are receiving money to report ivermectin in a bad light, or whether it's whole corporations. And the, the focus is not instead of saying we're we're not going to allow good information on ivermectin to come through, it might be that we are not going to allow misinformation about the vaccines to to come through so this is this is the mandate we, we're not going to allow um, misinformation about vaccines and in that process perhaps um, ivermectin is being suppressed so have you experienced any suppression in other words yes. like you and I are doing this and we're going to and we're going to go on and put it up on all the social media uh, uh, half the time when I interview somebody, uh, uh, even if I'm talking about the merits of yoga and meditation and Ayurveda for curing diseases, I get a notice from, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, YouTube saying that this violates our standards of uh, uh, scientific accuracy and all that. <laughs> uh, people are selling all kind of, doing all kind of quack stuff uh, and getting away with it in the name of free speech. Uh, and, and in my case, because it's a, I see a serious bias, I see that the algorithms are biased and these are not human beings who even bother to watch what I put out there. The algorithms recognize what, what is being said. They have very good at re speech recognition and they pick out certain words and then they send me a notice saying that your uh, tape video has been flagged. And if you want it to be uh, properly promoted and, and, and given a, you know, a, an audience, then you have to correct it. They won't even tell me exactly where the problem is. They'll just say there's a problem. And then we have to call escalate it, have some human beings watch it, tell us what's wrong, and, and then negotiate and argue. What are you facing uh, when you try to put out a message on ivermectin? What happens when you do that? And who's, who's, who does what to you to suppress you? Well, every interview I have now gets taken down off YouTube. I had an interview last week with David Fuller uh, from Rebel Wisdom, who was trying to 
supposedly show both sides of the story. Uh, he was trying to show me as, as someone trying to uh, advocate for the use of ivermectin. And then he had some other people who I wasn't, uh, hadn't met uh, to say that the evidence on ivermectin was no good. And, uh, and that he told me today that that video has been taken down. So he wasn't particularly in favor of ivermectin and I don't think he is, but, um, but that was, uh, was what happened to my most recent interview. Um, you know, I've, I've said before, I've never been a controversial person. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing this, to be honest, I'd be quite happy just going back to my usual work. Um, it's just this, just, uh, it's been going on now for seven months where I really just want to try and help get the message out that COVID is treatable. Ivermectin is one of several treatments that can be used. It's not the only treatment, but it's a useful treatment and it's widely available, cheap, accessible, can be used on a wide scale. But I do know what I know. And once you know something, you can't unknow it. So I have to try and share this message. So this is very interesting, uh, listeners. Uh, here is a medicine. She's convinced that works. A lot of other doctors can, are convinced that works. Many She works with many doctors who are trying it very successfully. Yet the, there is a blockade of information on it. Uh, her messages get taken down on YouTube or wherever when she promotes this. Uh, she has scientific evidence. She is, she wants to turn it over for uh, WHO to consider. She's been a she's been a consultant to WHO. Continues to be a consultant to WHO in good standing. But on ivermectin, they won't they won't listen to her. Uh, and she she feels that the Gates Foundation and some big media and these big digital company digital giants and pharma's they're all together in a sort of a pro uh, you know vaccine. And these vaccines have to be new vaccines developed under patents, which will be $100 billion worth of market in the world to keep vaccinating people every year. Uh, so she feels that, that the deck is stacked in that favor uh, and, and there isn't a free speech or, 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 or honest level playing field for scientific evidence and evidence-based research. So I guess that's in a nutshell, your, your dilemma right now. Yeah, so, but, um, Rajiv, can I just also just say that I'm not against vaccinations. Okay. All my children are vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. I started looking at the vaccines, uh, the adverse drug reactions, the side effects of the vaccines, when, I, when they kept saying ivermectin's um, dangerous, you know, when suddenly the authorities were saying we have concerns about ivermectin. So I thought, well, let's look at the vaccines and see. And the, the vaccines on the World Health Organization database now show more than one and a half million reports of adverse uh, events. Whereas ivermectin is still, you know, still something like 5,000 over the last 40 years. So um, I'm not anti-vaccination. I am concerned about these vaccinations. I'm concerned about the high numbers of adverse events we're seeing. And I'm concerned that they haven't been developed in the way that vaccines are usually developed over many years with, uh, with, you know, looking at, uh, at, the, at the safety of them. Because it's used officially available for other diseases, uh, if my doctor gave it to me for COVID, who's to stop it? I mean, so it means that... Yes, uh, I think certainly yeah. in India, it's, I think it's, it's much easier to come by because I think at many parts it's available over the counter. So if people educate themselves, they can look into the information themselves and decide whether you know they have anything to lose by trying it um, right. 
Whereas in the UK, we don't have it here. So, you know, and we have one of the highest COVID counts in the world, you know, so we have the situation actually where we have the, the rich countries who don't have access to ivermectin saying, um, you know, they're concerned about safety and the other countries that are using ivermectin that have it available, having, having much better COVID rates and, and much fewer deaths related to COVID. Uh, it's a very strange situation, but we don't have it, which is why I'm really trying to get our authorities to, to accept the evidence and, and, and use it. And even if they don't think there's much to the evidence, there's nothing to lose by making sure we have a good supply. So winter. why do you, okay, so WHO, as I understand it, uh, put out a ruling against the use of ivermectin for COVID, correct? Yes. Okay, so, uh, and they didn't give any, any convincing ev evidence or reason that, you know, from your point of view, they didn't convince you with any logic or data. There were some uh, irregularities in the way that they reported their data. They showed an 81% reduction in deaths. Um, and then they, and they had 1,400 people in this analysis. And then they said, uh, we don't trust this finding. Um, it's uncertain, very uncertain, because uh, the, the, the confidence interval is imprecise. Now, this is a technical thing, um, but uh, uh, the way that there was, there's an error in that um, because um, the effect estimate was very precise. So for it to have been downgraded twice uh, for imprecision was inappropriate. And so if it had been correctly graded, uh, they would be just on that on that one small piece of data. They would have had more than enough evidence to say, "Well, we should be using this." Okay, so incorrectly withdrawn, not with due process, due scientific process, uh, and then banning you and others from uh, their right to free speech and give your give a counter view. Uh, why did the Indian government go along with it? Because you know, as you are saying, uh, as you said, the ivermectin is available. Uh, it, it, over the counter in India, it's a very inexpensive thing, uh, very good for India because uh, you could treat lots of people. So you would think that the Indian government, the health ministry would jump on this bandwagon and start championing it. And Indian government would be out there doing, uh, doing uh, clinical trials. Uh, forget Bill Gates, you don't need him to do clinical trials. India does a lot of clinical trials. So why do you think the Indian government has not played a constructive role in this? Well, A, Many governments around the world are going, it seems, are very influenced by what the World Health Organization states. So if the World Health Organization states that ivermectin is dangerous and shouldn't be used for COVID, most governments of the world are going along with that. I think um, there's, a, there's a fundamental flaw with how um, the World Health Organization and other authorities and governments are looking at this. There just, there just seems to be a suspension of common sense. We're in a pandemic. Many people are dying and suffering long consequences of having COVID. Um, we're not talking about scabies here or worms. Um, and um, and they are, are not listening to the experts who are on the ground who are treating COVID, 
Um, they are not looking at the real world data in countries that have employed it. I mean, in fact, you know, several of the states in India have used um, ivermectin. They started using ivermectin like Uttar Pradesh um, in uh, May when they started having a spike again in COVID. And their death rates are much lower than countries like the UK and the States after using it. So it's just been this absolute um, nonsensical way of looking at the evidence, constantly calling for trials. There's no need for more trials on ivermectin. When you're repurposing a medicine, you don't need trials. You just need to give it to a few people now and see if it works and, let, and, and use it. We already have the evidence that it's safe. We know it's cheap. And uh, we have evidence from trials, we have evidence from real world data, we have evidence from uh, observational studies, we, we know its mechanism of action works. Um, so to insist on trials for this old medicine is, is totally inappropriate in the context of a pandemic. So now there's a legal group in India that's filing a lawsuit. Uh, they're filing a case or filing a complaint against WHO. Uh, are you familiar with that? There is one, yes, Mrs. I am. Oja, yes. Miss, Miss Oja, and I'm going to be interviewing her also uh, to get her side of it. So if you're familiar with it, can you tell us what you think of that lawsuit? I'm very grateful for Advocate Oja for taking this up because for the WHO representative to come out and say that ivermectin is dangerous is... Uh, I find quite shocking and I think does need to be questioned. Um, so I'm very grateful for, for this legal action and uh, I hope that, um, that other countries will question it too. I think that particular, um, I think the more ivermectin has gained prominence, the more the authorities have been saying it's dangerous, it shouldn't be used, it's a veterinary medicine. So it almost seems like the there's a lack of, um, of good information coming from the authorities. And we really need quest we really need to question why. So so basically the bottom line is there's scare tactics of all kinds uh, to, to suppress the evidence in favor of this. So that the 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 bonanza of uh, you know big pharma making tons of money will continue, uh, and there seems to be a, a kind of a unity of purpose between the big pharma and the digital giants and the Gates Foundation and WHO and all of that. Uh, so that's uh, that's the that's the thesis. That's the story. Yes, and then and then it seems like this you know it's the doctors on the ground all over the world who are saying, hang on. These are the treatment protocols. They're sharing their treatment protocols and saying, this is what we're using. We're using vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, ivermectin, or hydroxychloroquine. And we're using methylprednisolone. And we're using quercetin. So they're saying, here are our protocols. This is what we're using. This is how we're saving lives. And the authorities are not looking at it at all. They're just saying, oh, well, according to, you know, this study, this study looks like it uh, wasn't nicely randomized. And, you know, they, they just seem to be having their heads in the haystack without, uh, without seeing this huge mountain of hay um, uh, evidence to show, you know, real world evidence that, that, um, they, that COVID is treatable. Uh, there's a well-documented, all kinds of uh, voices against ivermectin 
and uh, for the big pharma products of uh, you know vaccines and other treatments that are very expensive and under patents uh, the, the the views in support of ivermectin such as uh, uh, dr tess lorry are not being given a free uh, hearing and therefore to balance it out i thought i'll offer my uh, channel to let her express her point of view and let people make their own decisions i'm not recommending anything i'm not a doctor i'm not saying this works or doesn't work but i'm saying there is a point of view that ought to be heard and uh, uh, once the uh, i'm sure the youtube people will <laughs> will block this video also or or send me a notice that they are not uh, uh, not going to show promote it a whole lot then then i'll have to argue and the point i'll make is that i'm not supporting anything opposing anything i believe in free speech which what which is what these media companies also claim to be doing so i want to thank you uh, dr lorry for taking the time uh, for explaining to the viewers this controversy i'm also going to have one or two other experts and i'm going to also interview uh, including uh, uh, you know miss oja from uh, india who is behind this lawsuit uh, which i think is a very interesting lawsuit so thank you very much for taking the time let's be in touch and hopefully things will progress and we'll have you back to give an update thank you very much thank you for watching you can subscribe here and also hit the bell icon to make sure you get notified to donate please click this button